This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour or so, we will unpack sports, faith, and life. With the unpacking it community of sports fans. Wow. The Super Bowl is set. Who would have thought the Bengals and the Rams will face off in two weeks? Oh boy, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. But yesterday's games were fantastic. And so we will talk about both championship matchups. NFC, AFC will give you our thoughts on what we saw and and what we think moving forward. We have two weeks of of Super Bowl hype, so we do have to to pace ourselves. We'll have next week's show as well. And then how about the the turning of the coaching carousel? It's taking some more more wild turns. Out of nowhere, Josh McDaniels is going to to the Raiders. Jim Harbaugh, could he really go to Minnesota? What? It's just crazy stuff. And then just to think about what what has taken place with the Cincinnati Bengals going to the Super Bowl, the question that comes to my mind is, do you believe it? Do you believe that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to the Super Bowl? And that will be today's topic during Unpack This, where we take a sports topic related to the Bible, related to our own lives. So we will do that in just a little bit. Throughout the show, we will let you know what we're convinced of, and we want to hear what you're convinced of. Maybe you're convinced that a coaching hire is the best. Maybe you're convinced one of these two teams is going to win the Super Bowl. We want to hear what you're convinced of. Are you convinced the Kansas City Chiefs will be back in another Super Bowl one day? Or what do we we make of the Chiefs? What happened yesterday? (laughs) They, They had the game won. It was over. The Chiefs did it. They knocked off the Bengals. And then all of a sudden, the Bengals woke up and absolutely shut down the Chiefs' defense. It was remarkable. I, I, I still, I'm beside myself with, with what the Bengals were able to do. It is, it is shocking. I gave them no shot, no shot. I didn't think they'd beat the Titans, let alone beat the Chiefs, and I still don't believe in them, but they're here, and they're, 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 they're everybody's, it seems like the fan favorite. So uh, I've, I kind of like the, the Rams a little bit. So, so we'll talk about that uh, throughout the show. All right, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare, and you've, you've heard me talk about them for the last few months and, and thankful to announce that they are sticking with us. They will continue to be our presenting sponsor. And, and so MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And in today's world, it's just a great opportunity to find affordable and effective health care. And, and so MetaShare has provided my family uh, with it for the last five plus years, and we've been thankful uh, for this innovative healthcare solution. 
and they've got more than 400,000 members. They've been around since 1993, and so very thankful for MediShare. You can find out more information and figure out if it's the right fit for your family. Just text the word UNPACK to the number 201-201. Text UNPACK to 201-201, and you'll get a link to, to be able to figure out if it's the right fit. So thanks to MediShare. All right, we got so much to get to today. Luke Heaton is here. He's in Texas. Henry Bienname. We'll hear from him in a moment. We'll do tap drill at the end of the show. We are loaded with topics for tap drill. Henry is back with us, and we'll catch up with him in just a moment as well. We'll hear what he's convinced of. But Luke, how are you? What are you convinced of? Where do we begin? Oh, and you're muted. You're starting off on gosh mute. rookie mistake. You're, what am I thinking you're here? To, you're struggling today. You had computer issues. You're yep. wearing a hockey jersey <laughs> in the middle of football season. It's very confusing. <laughs> very confusing. Hockey's going on right now. Is hockey, hockey is going right on. Hey, my oh. Dallas Stars big time bounce back W over the Stop. Boston Bruins six one last night. So uh, oh, all, all of our listeners are now gone. Thanks, Luke. Oh, well, so I will. I will. I will to. Uh, to make myself sound better, I had I had some buddies wanting to go to the Stars game yesterday, and I said, "Okay, hockey's great, but it's Championship Sunday. I, I can't be there. Yeah. I can't be there." Now, before I get into, I'm convinced. I do need to shout out my Upward Basketball team. We got our first victory this Saturday. Team <laughs> Wildcats is now one and three on the season. Uh, we won fourteen to eight. It was a fantastic Saturday. So uh, it was truly Championship Weekend. Uh, for me, uh, so very proud <laughs> of, of my, very proud Good of way. my of my players. Um, all right, I, like I, angle. I realize what I'm convinced of is controversial. Ooh. However, the more I think about it, the more I'm convinced of it. And it's I'm convinced if Matthew Stafford and the Rams win the Super Bowl, Stafford deserves to be a Hall of Famer. Whoa, I think slow I, down, speed racer. I, I'm convinced he is a Hall of Famer if he wins the Super Bowl. Now, I will say, at, with no Super Bowl victory, statistically, he deserves recognition. He deserves to be looked at for the Hall of Fame. Because okay. without a Super Bowl, he's in the camp of Philip Rivers and, Matt, and the Matt Ryans of the world. And he's better than them stat-wise. I mean, he's already top 12 all-time in passing touchdowns and passing yards. He's the quickest player to 30,000, 40,000, and 50,000 yards. Tons of game-winning, uh, tons of comeback wins, game-winning drives. Now if he goes and wins the Super Bowl, the narrative that Detroit wasted Matthew mm. Stafford grows tenfold. And I... I and. Not that he didn't have weapons. He had Calvin Johnson, and he had other weapons. But it's so hard to win in Detroit. Like, one playoff win since the 1950s, that's just a bad franchise. And for a guy like Matthew Stafford to be in the Super Bowl his first year on a winning franchise, his first year on a franchise that can actually win games, if he wins the Super Bowl, it's like, come on. He's one of the more talented passers we've ever seen play the game the stats back him up, and then he goes and wins the Super Bowl year one away from Detroit. I think the case for Hall of Fame Matthew Stafford is there. It, to me, it's almost like if a quarterback plays for 15 years, they make it into the Hall of Fame. It feels that way. I mean, a lot, a lot of these guys get in. Whether they, if, if you stick around long enough, you, you, st you stack up the, the stats. And especially as the NFL evolves, 
these guys put up ridiculous numbers compared to 15, 20 years ago when you know it wasn't as much of a passing league. But yeah, um, but I think it's a fair take. And, and you know, if they win a Super Bowl, that changes the narrative in a big way. But but I am trying to reconcile what it means that Stafford couldn't get Detroit over the hump. And I talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I was praising Joe Burrow and, and his ability to turn around Cincinnati. And it takes an elite level franchise turning quarterback to do something like that. And that's what he's done with Cincinnati. But why wasn't Stafford good enough to do that in Detroit? And so it's just, I don't think we have the answer to that, but it's just a fascinating kind yeah. of question to try to grasp why it's so bad in Detroit, yet Cincinnati has had its struggles and not able to win a playoff game for 30 True. years. Yet True. they have, this is now their third Super Bowl appearance, um, whereas Detroit, that franchise has never been to a Super Bowl. And then just the, how remarkable it is that Stafford, like you mentioned, in his first year with the Rams, being able to get here. Well, now, I just, we have to pause and realize all the talent that surrounds him, too. I mean, he, and Jared Goff. So, yeah, very yeah. fair. Very fair. So, to, to build my argument even more, Hall of Famers, more times than not, they're also winning players. They're on winning teams. Are there that many Hall of Famers that, are, that spent their career, majority of the career, on bottom feeders? Like to be a Hall of Fame player, you got to be on a winning team. You get recognition that way. Matthew Stafford has one Pro Bowl. Are you kidding me? One <laughs> Pro Bowl. How is that possible? 2011, I look back, 2011, he had one of the best seasons ever, and Eli Manning was Pro Bowler over him. Tony Romo has four Pro Bowls. Phillip Rivers has at least four or five. Stafford has one? That, that doesn't make sense to me. Like he's buried there. He's, he doesn't, we don't really appreciate how good he really is because he's been in Detroit. I, I just, I'm, I think I'm rooting for Stafford and the Rams because now one Stafford's a local, he's from Highland Park. So he's from Dallas. So I think that's cool. A little local flair there, but I just think it's such a good story for him to be able to get out of Detroit, to have a chance to win. Cause that's what he said. He wanted to play meaningful games. That's what he yeah. said. He, he, when he came to the Rams, I just want to play meaningful games. And I'm rooting for that. Like, how cool. He gets to play in a Super Bowl. And he never had any – it, it wasn't even a chance in Detroit. So I, I just love it. <laughs> well, I, I'm rooting for Stafford as well, and, and I do think it's a, it's a great story. Um, but I, we'll, we'll talk more about it in a little bit. I'm going to get into a couple other topics with, with what I'm convinced of today. And – before we really dive into the games from yesterday, one of the craziest stories from the weekend wasn't that surprising, but the twists and turns that it, that it took was the news with Tom Brady. Is he oh. retiring? Is he not retiring? But here's what I'm convinced of. I'm convinced he is going to retire for the moment. <laughs> I'm convinced he's coming back. I'm convinced that maybe he'll take a year, maybe two years, but he's coming back. This guy can't let go of football. There's no way. There's no way. And so to me, it will, it will go along the lines of Michael Jordan, who's the goat in basketball. Ah, sometimes I like to make the case for LeBron James, but Jordan did this. And I feel like Brady is in the same mold and that's how he's gotten to this level. And so in a couple of years, the bucks are going to deteriorate, right? As soon as Brady walks out the oh. door, which, which I think he's going to do. And I'm convinced he's just waiting a couple of days so that he could, he can announce it on his own platforms, probably maybe even tonight on Sirius XM. He has a show. Um, and, and so he'll announce it, but then the bucks are done. Bruce Arians will move on. Maybe Todd Bowles will take over. They'll have to go through a full rebuild. Then Tom Brady will come back in a couple of years and he'll go jump on another team. He'll look around the landscape of the league 
and go, all right, yeah, I can, I can help this team out or even come back just for a playoff run. Like come hmm. back week 14 for a team. Maybe a, you know, a team. Can you imagine? He's oh. doing it. Well, I'm convinced <laughs> of that. All right. And then I'm also convinced that these, these source based reporters, the Adam Schefters of the world, stop, please stop. Okay. Don't get me started like, with Adam Schefter. Come dude, on. Listen, we as fans, we love the inside information. We love the news. And it's great when Schefter can give us some insight on you know injuries and, and hey, I talked to the coach last night. This is kind of what they're expecting for the game. Great. But when it comes to a player's either you know signing a contract or retiring, let the player announce it. They oh, all have yeah. their own social media. Let let just let's hear it from them. So I want to hear from Tom Brady's mouth, not Adam Schefter's little fingers on one of his his three well, different and Tom throws. Brady deserves that Tom, yes. anyone who retires deserves Please. the opportunity to announce it themselves that's what makes a retirement great the player announces it Adam Schefter now I, I can't fully like understand what's inside of his head here but does it feel like it's all about him like the these these reporters these breaking news guys like it's not about you. No, it's not you. about you and your personal brand. We don't care. We want the news, well, I, but it's not about you. I don't oh, care. It drives me crazy. It. I mean, I know he has credibility because I guess when he reports things, it usually is true and yeah. all that kind of thing. But remember at the draft, I think we talked about it back then when he announced the Aaron Rodgers didn't want to play for the Packers or whatever. Remember yeah, and then went on Dan Patrick and, and Dan Patrick and him had a little back and forth. Yeah. And Dan kind of called him out on some stuff. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciate what he does. And it's not, I'm not questioning he's not a great reporter, but it just gets old. And th- to me, this decision from Brady, let, let's hear it from him. All right. Let, let's yeah. not, sources are telling me, sources, it's, got, it's one guy that has to make the announcement and the decision. <laughs> Tom Brady. So we'll wait yeah. on that. All right. So, but I am convinced <laughs> the Bucks are done. So I'm Brady's glad you done. brought that up. I'm, I, Brady's I, we, done. Yeah. And, and the Bucks are done. All right. I am convinced of that, which gives the, the Panthers a glimmer of hope in the, uh, NFC South, especially Panthers now that has some serious hard. hope. Sean Payton's out. Tampa <laughs> Bay is crumbling. Falcons Fal- are bottom feeders. All right. Along the lines with the Falcons, I'm convinced Matt Ryan, which I've been saying, I probably already said on the show, he's got to go. He's got to leave. Yeah. And he's got to look at Matthew Stafford and go, oh, wow, I could do something like that. Yeah. Go play for a team that has built everything else but the quarterback. Now, not that there's a ton of those teams out there, but the Pittsburgh Steelers come to mind yes. as one of those teams. Which, let me quickly also say, I'm convinced if the Rams win the Super Bowl, the model of team building is completely new, and everyone's going to go out what the Rams did. We're going to give up all our future assets. They don't have a first-round pick till 2024. Who cares? So if we win now, oh, it's worth it. Who cares? Absolutely. Yeah. We're loving life. It's, it's incredible. All right, um, let's see. Oh, two other real thing, quick things I'm convinced of. One, I'm convinced as soon as a player – loses in the playoffs, you can't show their commercial anymore. Think about how ridiculous it is to try to sell me State Farm Insurance for Patrick Mahomes after he melts down and throws an interception in overtime. Mm. You had the ball first. You can win the game. You throw an interception. And now, hey, everybody, I'm selling insurance. Get out of here. Get out of here. I'm not buying it. I don't want it. And don't give me a discount double check. You're out. Stop the commercials. Figure it out. We got technology. You got to have a backup. You got to have a backup. If true, they lose, true. Don't try to sell. I definitely don't want to hear from Baker Mayfield right now. It's not <laughs> time. You know, I love him. I don't want to hear from him. You're out. 
You didn't even make yes. the playoffs. Well, there's already <laughs> – I already have issue with how often the State Farm commercials are played in general, it, it, even with Mahomes still in the playoffs. Forward. It's 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 every uh, it's every commercial break at State Farm. The little doo 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 doo. I'm like it 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 gives me nightmares now. I play it in my head before bed. But yeah, especially when they lose, like come on. I wonder what he feels. It's like can you just get my face off TV? Oh, it's so embarrassing. It's brutal. Oh. Um, and then the other thing. So it's fascinating that last year the the Bucks played in their home stadium, like. The chances seem so slim. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And now to go back-to-back years where now the Rams will have home field advantage in L.A., it is, it's mind-blowing. It's just kind of crazy well, that it has worked out that way. Home field advantage, but it's still, it still counts. It, it is, which is interesting with the Rams. But they, they were getting loud there toward the end. They, they were, I think they, to they, their credit. They finally converted everyone by, the, oh, wow, we guys should go to the Super Bowl. Yes. And this is our home team. Um, but, but here's what I'm convinced of. This shouldn't, this shouldn't happen. Like there's nothing to, there's nothing to stop it. You can't change it. It is what it is. But this is not supposed to be the case oh, because how the unfair! Bowl, the Super Bowl should be a neutral situation. Yes. Now, if you're able to bring enough fans and you take over a stadium, you know that's outside of your city. Now that's cool. Yes. Good for you. Like if yep. you're an Amer- you know, you're, you're America's team and you're able to do that. It's not the Cowboys anymore. But if you happen to be America's <laughs> team, whoever that may be these days. Um, <laughs> It's still probably Dallas. Probably the Patriots. But, well, I guess they're, they're still hated, though. No, I don't think they have the. the I don't think there was school. ever a follow up to America's team because the Cowboys were so dominant, but also so loved. Yeah, and they still <laughs> confusingly are. But uh, but anyway, I just I just don't I don't I. It's like cool. Oh wow, back to back years. But I don't think I like it. I don't think I, like with the Rams. I think it's good for their franchise in that city and for the NFL. And if you look at a big picture, okay, great. This is probably what the NFL wanted. And then you can get yeah. into conspiracy theories that they made it happen, which I don't believe in uh, in this regard. But <laughs> but ultimately, uh, this should be a neutral situation. This should be yeah. A neutral I agree. And it's well, this, we're actually going to see its impact for really the first time this year because it wasn't a full stadium last year, right? It was limited capacity in Tampa Bay. True. Yeah, so, so this this will be the first full capacity, which will be interesting. But no, no, it's it, it's a winner of the AFC, winner of the NFC. You can't have one team hosting it. Oh, no, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't, it doesn't but, sit right. It doesn't sit right. But it is going to be cool. Uh, just with LA, I I like the city of LA. I've been I've been there one time. Absolutely loved it. It lived up to the hype for me. Ooh, Cali so boy. I'm, All right. I'm a Laker. I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah. Um. I like ska music. I like punk rock. So let's go, LA baby. Let's go. So we'll get into this maybe later in the show. But talking about the Rams reminds me of if I think we we may have talked about this before. If you were if you're in St. Louis. Are you rooting oh. for the Rams? Or if you're a Lions fan, are you rooting for Stafford? Now, I don't know when we want to get into this, but very interesting things to think about. I- I'm trying to imagine me as a sports fan, because, again, we're for the sports fans here. If you live in St. Louis, or if you are a fan of a team and your best player leaves, or your team has moved to another city, does that, does that change your loyalty to the team? Is that an opportunity to get out? Is, I, I have no idea. Or are you staying in no matter what? This is a fascinating discussion, and I really want to hear some feedback from the listeners on this one, especially if there are any Lions fans out there. Uh, I know my buddy Greg, who's diehard Lions fan, big part of unpacking it. 
he roots for Matthew Stafford. He is a Matthew Stafford fan, diehard Lions fan, but, but once Stafford went there, he, he stuck with him. And I think when you root for a guy for so long, that bond is, is strong. And if that player didn't leave on bad terms, you know, Stafford didn't demand. I mean, he, he put up with the struggles for a long time, to your point earlier. Yeah. And so I think there's a you know, part of you as a fan where you're just you're happy for him. But there has to be the part where you're thinking, wait, this guy gets to win over there and he couldn't, he couldn't do it for us? What, what, what's up with that? I think, um, gosh. So I saw a video of Lions fans going absolutely ballistic for Matthew Stafford. So I think in this case, it's probably case by case. Because when LeBron left, it very hit or miss on if fans loved or hated him when he's gone to different teams. For Stafford, yeah, though. Time of his career, the first yeah, time. For Stafford, I get it. I think the more interesting thing is if your team moves to another city, are you loyal to the first name or the last name? Because St. Louis Rams, are you loyal to the St. Louis? Or are you following wherever the Rams are? So if the Mavericks left Dallas... Gosh, I don't. First of all, it'd be heartbreaking. <laughs> it would be heartbreaking if a team left your city. But gosh, Luke, I don't know. Luke, let me tell you a little story. Mm. So, little six year old Bryce moved to Charlotte. Just a couple of years after the Charlotte Hornets began in this city, I was a diehard fan. Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Alonzo Mourning. I, I was all in. I went to the hive as a young kid. And then. Over the years, team you know players like Baron Davis and Jamal Mashburn and the Hornets mm. always the competitive team in the mix. And then the owners of the Charlotte Hornets decided to move the Hornets to New Orleans, and they stripped young Bryce's favorite team away from him and moved them <laughs> to a part unknown. And at that time, I was done with the Hornets. Really? Don't don't tell me about the New Orleans Hornets. They are not my Hornets. They left. They, they, they took them from us. Forget about it. So if I'm the St. Louis Rams fan, I am absolutely not rooting for the L.A. Rams. And oh. especially because it's been enough years, this isn't the Kurt Warner Rams. Now, if it was Kurt Warner, maybe it's a different game. You know, it's True. like, all right, we love Kurt. We won with Kurt. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll, – we're, we're so bought in. But this isn't the St. Louis team. They weren't pulling for OBJ. They weren't pulling for yeah. Stafford, Bob Miller, Jalen Ramsey. This is a celebrity team that was built out in L.A. So True. I can't imagine St. Louis fans so are pulling for when the, when So when the Hornets moved, how soon after did the Bobcats come in? Was that the same we year? A, no, no, no. We had a couple-year break, and okay. then I was pulling hard for the Lakers during that time. Gotcha. Um, and then we got the Hornets again. So now we, it's all been made right, um, and we've taken on the Charlotte history. So whatever happened in New Orleans or whatever continues to happen with that – terrible franchise the pelicans they can have it forget yeah. about it oh so there you man. go i guess it also depends how the team up. how the team leaves because the way the rams left was not good not good no no bitter not. taste in the mouth of rams fans. sorry say that again it left a bitter taste in the mouths of rams fans yeah and they were they were a great team i mean to win a couple super bowls with kurt warner they win one one or two they went to two i guess they, they went to two but they, they were also the previously the la rams and then to St. Louis, well, and then well, that's, back. That's, so that's, that's a whole another dynamic. That's weird. Same with the Raiders. The Raiders are a weird team. Yeah. But those, the Raiders fans are Raiders fans. True. Because they've already been, they've switched back and forth. I think it is case by case. Because, yeah, again, Raiders fans are in a league of their own. Wherever the Raiders are, the Silver and Black's following. There's no way the Cleveland Browns were rooting for the Ravens those, during those years. And then they ended up mm. getting you know, the Browns back. But, yeah. 
whole new franchise. But yeah, it's weird. Yeah. It's it, the relocation thing is weird. Um, all right, so great topic though. We'd love to know other people's thoughts on that. If you were a Lions fan or you are a Lions fan, are you rooting for Stafford? And what about a St. Louis Rams fan? Would you root for the LA Rams? And then the question becomes too for all of us as neutral fans, who do you like in this Super Bowl? So we'll talk about it this week. We'll talk about it next week, of course, too. Uh, we got two weeks of hype, but uh, it seems so far the average fans are jumping on the Bengals underdog story, and and so that actually leads into uh, what we'll talk about right now for unpack this. We take sports stories related to the Bible, related to our own lives, and and so I want to I want to talk about how we've gotten to this point with the Bengals and the Rams, and I find it to be a, a very intriguing matchup. But let's face it, this is unbelievable. It's unbelievable that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl and even that this is the matchup. Like if we thought about this yeah. from a year ago, two years yes. ago, like that this is this is the matchup. It doesn't feel real to me. It feels like no. a random game generator on Madden. Like I just yeah. picked two random teams, Rams versus Bengals. Now, as a sports fan, extremely excited. Great stories. But even Joe Burrow, like – the whole everyone everyone is surprised. Like if we're yes. being honest with ourselves, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl. How Joe, fantastic! Joe Burrow said, "I think if you had told me before the season, I would have been very surprised. But I'm not surprised right now because we've gone through a whole year. I know the kind of team that we have, and I know the guys that we have in the locker room. So right now, I'm not surprised. But if you were going to tell me after last season or in OTAs, I think I would have called you crazy." Which and so that's your quarterback? That's your confident quarterback saying. Yes, that. can I? I just get what he said is so refreshing. Can we move on from the? No matter how bad your team is, oh, we expected to be here. We no, expected to do this. Right. No, you didn't. No, you no. didn't. That's no. why Joe Burrow is so refreshing. He speaks his mind. He's honest. You can say, yeah, look. We're coming off really two bad seasons. We didn't expect to be here, but his answer was, as we played this season. Oh, we're actually a pretty good football team. Good answer. But yeah, can we just get rid of every player need, feeling the need to say, "Oh, oh yeah, oh, of course, yeah, we're just we expected we're we're a good team. We're doing our job. We expected to be here. No, you didn't. No one expected <laughs> you to be here. You didn't even expect yourself to be here." It is amazing, though. On a side note, to to be able to play so carefree yet confident, yeah, and and just to keep playing. Like even oh. in that Chiefs game, which I'll which I'll talk more about, but just like their ability to keep going, I, it's it, it really is Joe, amazing. Joe Burrow might be the most loved quarterback by teammates in the league. They love him. They seem to, yeah. And just think about Bengals fans. I mean, gosh, they, they, you know, they deserve was it. Fine. Andy Dalton was fine, but then you get Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. All right. So this idea, though, is uh, do you believe it? Like, this is unbelievable that the Bengals are here. And so, you know, how could it be true that a Bengals team who won two games in 2019, four oh. games in 2020, and have a starting quarterback in only his second season would make it to the Super Bowl? And, and I think people have to really let this, this fact set First in. time ever. First time ever. Number, that, one, number one pick has led his team within the first two years to the Super Bowl. That's what I was going to say. Like, let that set in. You, you read my mind. Because that's a remarkable feat. Because why is a team first overall? They stink, usually. Now, every once in a while, it'll be like the Colts with Peyton Manning, who, who was out for the year, and then they got Andrew Luck. But, but very rarely is that, is that the case. 
Um, usually you're really bad, so you get the number one pick, and you're not going to turn it around in two years. And so it's unbelievable that it's happened. And then let me ask you this. Are you serious that the same Bengals team who lost during the season to the Jets in week hmm. eight, then they got blown out by the Browns 41-16 to 16 in week nine, actually lost to the Browns again, that this would be the team that would go on to knock off the top two seeds in the AFC, to travel to Nashville, knock them out, and then go to Kansas City, which was bonkers yesterday. Yeah. So loud, you can barely hear yourself think, and you win both those games. And you're telling me that a franchise like the Bengals, who have a history of losing over the last 30 years, they still have flaws. They have a terrible offensive line. <laughs> Poor Joe Burrow gets sacked every other play, yet, yet they're one win away from being Super Bowl champions. And, and how is it possible that the Bengals were down 21 to three yesterday against the high powered Chiefs, yet they found a way to come back and win 27 to 24? Yes. Meaning they only gave up a field goal in the second half. And it's as, as great as Joe Burrow is, the whole team's doing it. That Bengals defense in the second half and overtime was out of this world good. Yes. Like, it's a, the whole team. It's just unbelievable. And then our boy, the kicker, Evan McPherson. That's right. Evan McFearless. Evan he McFearless. Does it again. He does <laughs> it again. And then, you know, we joked about this on the show. So you're telling me that the Bengals star rookie, rookie, rookie wide receiver, rookie <laughs> wide receiver, Jamar Chase is the same wide receiver who couldn't catch the ball during the preseason is the one that has you know, taken the league by storm. It just makes no it, sense. It makes it, it's it's unbelievable. And then for the Rams, so you know, it may not be surprising that they're heading to the Super Bowl based on their roster, a lot of talented people. But you're telling me that one year ago the Rams traded their quarterback, who they took first overall, Jared Goff, who they previously went to a Super Bowl with. <laughs> they traded that guy for Matthew Stafford, who never won a playoff game in 12 years with the Lions. Yeah. And, and is it true that the 49ers had won six straight games against the Rams and LA was down 17 to seven in the fourth quarter last night before scoring 13 unanswered points for the win. And, and we talked about this last week, but you're kidding that the Rams running back cam Akers tore his Achilles right before the season and then came back healthy for a playoff run. Now he got a little banged <laughs> up yesterday. But there is, and then the other thing which we talked about earlier, there's no way that the Super Bowl is going to feature a team playing in their home stadium for the second straight season. There's no, I don't believe that. There's no way. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so I could go on and on. I mean, there are uh, multiple things. Like I could yeah. talk about OBJ. I could talk about Von Miller. I could talk about Andrew Whitworth. Are you kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Are you kidding me? Maddie, for all those years, he goes to LA, goes to the Super Bowl, and he's playing so, the Bengals. I was reading that when he was when he signed the deal with the Rams, it's a three year deal, I believe. His wife told McVeigh, "There's no way he finishes his three-year contract. There's no way he plays more than two years." And now he's in his forties, starting at left tackle. Can you believe? I love that? it. I love it. So the question is, do you believe this? And, and so, although we probably doubted a lot of these, you know, the, the, both these teams and a lot of these storylines uh, throughout the throughout the playoff run, and it's unbelievable that they're both here. This is the truth. Like, this is the reality of, of what we're, we're experiencing as sports fans and the reality of what this Super Bowl matchup is. 
And the, just kind of like what Joe Burrow was saying, as he realized throughout the season, for us as fans, the more we watch, especially the Bengals, and experience their greatness, the more we believe in them. Mm-hmm. And we realize that the reality of, of who these teams actually are, who the Rams are. You know, we, we doubted OBJ, and now we, we start watching them. We're like, all right, we believe him. We believe it. We're going to hear from Henry in a little bit. He's got some thoughts on OBJ. And so, all right, how does this parallel to our own lives? When it comes to our faith in God, it, it comes down to believing in him and trusting that what he says is, is true. But unfortunately, oftentimes, you know, we're filled with doubt and we have a tough time truly believing the promises of God, the truth uh, that, that God tells us. And, and although it may seem unbelievable that the God of the universe loves us personally, that he wants to know us, that he's willing to save us, that he will never leave us, it's true. That's the truth. And so we can be surprised and baffled that a perfect God would love a sinner like you and me with our history of losing, and we still have major flaws. We still mm-hmm. have a weak offensive line. <laughs> this is the reality. This is the truth. And, and so in Romans, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Also in Romans, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from, in the Amplified, it says, the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So do we believe this? And what about the following statements? These are also incredible and amazing and true. So you're telling me that God has a plan and purpose for us and works everything together for good. That's the truth. Ephesians says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In Romans 8, 28, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Do we believe this? And then, you know, another statement. You're kidding. God can't forgive a sinner like me. No, not kidding. It's true. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then one more. So it's actually possible that God will never leave us. That's right. Deuteronomy, you probably heard it, you know, uh, God will never leave us nor forsake us. This is the amplified version. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. Do not fear or be dismayed. So do we believe it? Ultimately, the more we watch God move in our lives and experience his greatness, the more we'll believe the truth and realize the unbelievable promises are real. Mm. There you go. Believe it. Bring believe it. it. It's reality. It's the truth. How, uh, I mean, when we, when we, as we're talking about this, you can't not get fired up. Like what? God loves me. Even though I'm a sinner, Christ died for us, even though we're still sinners. God's never going to forsake me. God's adopted me through faith in Jesus Christ. All this is true. Uh, We can't not get fired up. But I think the reminder is, how often do we actually go through these things? Because as we're talking about the Rams-Bengals game, we're getting fired up thinking, this is unbelievable. Because we're actually reading what people are talking about. We're reading how unbelievable these things are. We're talking about it together. But do we do that with each other? 
Do we think to ourselves, do we look ourselves in the mirror every day and say, I am saved by faith in Jesus Christ. God loves me and he will never forsake me. I am a sinner and yet God still loves me. Therefore, it doesn't matter what people think of me. It doesn't matter what I think about myself. I know that God loves me. Like we get, we get fired up and there's so much joy in that, but it takes actually thinking about it as we're doing right now and as those listening. And then every day of the week, of every month of every year, we should think about these things. Because I know in my life, goodness gracious, it's easy to kind of grow numb to some of these truths. Oh, yeah, I hear it all the time. Oh, well, yeah, I know that. But can we actually sit down and, God, would you help continue to just be baffled at how loving and gracious and merciful and just you are? Because he is. But I don't know, for for some reason it's easy as, as sinful humans to take it for granted, to not think about it, to not let it really uh, guide and lead our lives. But conversations with one another, uh, as you're reading God's Word, as you're in prayer with Him, man, thinking about these things is like, that is unbelievable. I think that's a healthy perspective, an element of like, this is just unbelievably fantastic. We should be in awe of God. Yeah. And that speaks to his, his unbelievable grace and love and power and majesty. And, and so we stand in awe of him. And that leads us to worship, which is, you know, the, the, yes. the posture that we that we want to have. And, and so, you know, when I think about the Bengals, I'm like, no way they're they're I, going into it. I was like, there's no way they, they beat the, the Chiefs. I, I just couldn't think it was possible. Um, but this is the truth. They beat the Chiefs and they're in the Super Bowl. And, and so I think a lot of people, you know, we, and I'm guilty of this. You know, we walk around our day and we're not really believing the the truth. We're thinking, no way, God doesn't really love me that much. God's not really going to work this for my good. Ah, there's no way He's that powerful to work in this situation. And and yet we had yet we're we're missing out on truly seeing what's in front of us and and, and understanding God's word. And and seeing his handiwork in our in our lives, mm-hmm. so we, we don't have we don't have to doubt. Like we're 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 feeble and we're 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 gonna struggle with it. But man, we can believe this stuff to be true. This true. God's promises are true, yeah. and, and so it's a good it's a good reminder for us. And um, you know, sometimes I think I, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time, but there are times where I go, man, do I really understand the depth of His love for me? And, and I don't, I don't think I always do because if I did, there'd be certain mindsets or certain behavior that, that wouldn't play out that way. Right. I wouldn't think that way. If I really grasped how much God loves me and thought about it, like you were saying, really reflected on it versus just kind of, Oh yeah, yeah. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, which I sing all the time to Maddie, but I want her to really grasp that my my Mm -hmm. two year old at, at a young age and really get that. So that's what we can unpack today. It's unbelievable the Bengals and the Rams are playing for the Super Bowl, but we as sports fans, we're spoiled. What a treat. Oh. How great has this NFL season been? The the greatest NFL playoffs in my lifetime I've ever seen continues to hold up. We were worried last weekend. Is it going to fall short? The divisional round was unbelievable. And the conference champi- championship oh. weekend, well, it lived up to the hype. Those were those were two great games yesterday. They really were. Yeah. Um and I'm still, I think, all right, let's, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs because I, I think this is a big story. You know, it's, we've, we've given the Bengals their due, right? They're, they're incredible. But the Chiefs to lose this game the way they did 
I, I'm baffled by it. And we're talking about Mahomes and you know the throws he's able to make, and he's the best quarterback in the league. And a lot of people believe that. Uh, but to not score in the second half against the Bengals defense that hasn't necessarily been uh, you know unstoppable, but that's what they were. They they put pressure on him. The, the they didn't, I don't even think they ran the ball at all in the second half. McKinnon didn't do much. Clyde Edwards Alaire disappeared. Um, they stopped Tyreek Hill. Yeah. As, and and I think too this this is something that that bothers me in sports, and we do this in, in life too. We just make really strong proclamations. But after the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, we just assumed that they were going to you know rally off four more like in a yeah. row. And it, it just, we take away how hard it was to even win that first one, uh, which I talked about last week. But just because you have a great quarterback doesn't mean you're going to win four in a row or you're going to win yeah, three in yeah. a row. And, you know, even with the Bucs, it's like, oh, well, they'll run it back. They got Tom Brady. No, it's really hard to do it. Yes. And so on one end, the Bengals, they better enjoy this because we don't know if they're going to ever get back. <laughs> like, this, like There might be another 30 years for the Bengals. Yes. So I'm very passionate about this on how difficult it is to win a Super Bowl. It is it just baffles me how sports fans and I have certainly been guilty of this, but the more sports I've watched, the more I realize winning a championship at any professional sport is absolutely impossible. I it can we just stop taking for granted players and teams that have won Super Bowl win? Again, Russell Wilson won. Aaron Rodgers yeah. One Drew Brees and Sean Payton one. Like yeah. Tom Brady's an outlier. Patrick Mahomes is a Hall of Famer right now with one Super Bowl. He may never win a Super Bowl again. Joe Burrow, this may be the only time he goes to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think that is that's almost likely given the AFC with all the young quarterbacks. NFC, the NFC's wide open because there's no hardly there's no good quarterbacks compared to the AFC. The AFC for the next decade is just going to be a gauntlet of the next generation of great quarterbacks uh, just fighting it out. But again, the Bengals, their mindset cannot be, well, even if we lose, yeah, we can get back. Don't you dare think that. Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers, with how good his rosters are, can't even get to the Super Bowl in three 13-win seasons in a row, the Bengals cannot think, oh, yeah, we'll just get back. The Chiefs, they've won one. They, we thought they were going to be a dynasty. They're not even close to a dynasty. So I, I just, I, we cannot take for, we have to appreciate one Super Bowl ring. Yes, I know a guy like Joe Flacco has one ring, but some of the best quarterbacks of all time only have one. But the one is fantastic. The one is not a letdown. One Super Bowl ring is not a letdown in my opinion. So I don't know if you're meaning to do this. Are you giving a cop out for the Chiefs? Are you like, let's not, let's not pile on the chiefs. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, to me, though, no, it, I, I don't, I, I they should not, not a cop out, not a cop out. Obviously there was some, the end of the end of the first half that play, like there's, they were favored to win the game. They probably, they probably should have won the game, but in oh, yeah. regards to the expectation, they have to win a super bowl this year. I think that's, I think that's foolish. Well, my, my whole thing is, and I'm, I'm, this is my thought process. Well, of course the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Like, I kind of thought maybe the Rams would do it, even if it was the Rams-Chiefs. But it was like the, the, the Chiefs are clearly the best team of the four that were left, like going into the weekend. It's like, I, can't, I don't know how the Bengals could beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just too good. And so 
but but we're but we shouldn't make those proclamations i guess i guess in some ways it makes it more fun and exciting when it doesn't happen but but yeah on paper it was clearly the chiefs and then they got up 21-3 and uh, unfortunately my wife was sick all weekend so i was watching my daughters a lot and and so i I snuck down to to watch the game i was was finally she was feeling well enough i'm watching the, the first half of the chiefs game and i'm thinking oh this game might be over so I might actually like I might not have to miss more time. Like I might be able to actually take care of my my daughters the rest of the way. Well, now I was scrambling. I was watching and, and taking care of them. They're coming back. This is nuts. Are you kidding me? How yeah. are we doing this? So it was. It, it felt like oh yeah, the Chiefs. Uh, this is over. Forget about it. But we can't do that. There's a whole other. I know exactly. Game, we get proven time and time again. You, you no matter how much of a favorite you are. Winning a Super Bowl is still so difficult to do. Again, the Packers, obviously they're the favorites in the NFC. It's the Packers. They look fantastic all season. Good defense. It's Aaron Rodgers. They're reeling and dealing, and they lose in the divisional round. The, yeah. I, I agree with you. The Chiefs, oh, yeah, Chiefs, they're in the final final four teams now. Yeah, it looks like uh, Mahomes is going to get his second ring. And, yeah, that's but, what he did. And they don't even make the Super Bowl. Like, That's crazy. Let's just let's just pump the brakes a little bit and realize that if you make the conference championship game, I don't care how much how, how many points you're expected to lose by, you can still win that game. It's just right. so oh, yeah. difficult. Well, just like I mentioned earlier, the Jets beat the Bengals during the season, so it's like the NFL is just so competitive. It's it, it is any given Sunday. That's why we love it. It's awesome. So. um I think that's that's the big takeaway is the NFL is king. It's fun. It's exciting. So and it's continued week after week. Let me ask you this. If I set the over-under for Super Bowls for Joe Burrow at .5, what would you take? I think he'll, I think he'll win one. I think he'll win one. <sighs> um, I don't think it'll be – oh, gosh – I don't think I don't I think the Rams are going to win and here I go again. I mean I I just look at the teams on paper. I I don't see how the Bengals can beat the Rams. <laughs> like I, they've done it so the, the the Bengals have surprised me every week. I haven't I haven't bought into them winning, but with the defensive line of the Rams and the offensive line of the Bengals, to me games are won in the trenches, you know, football football football, right? Um the National Football League is won in the trenches. But that's the that's the truth. So I I have a tough time seeing how the Bengals do it. So I don't think that he's going to win it this year. And when I think about his division, to, to beat the Steelers and the Ravens every year, like that's going, be, that's going to be hard. And I actually, know. On, a, on a side note, once you say that both these teams are from the best divisions this year, right? These are the best divisions. The AFC North and the NFC West. Well, for sure, the NFC cool. West. I think that's a no-brainer. I mean... The AFC? Who, who was better? The Patriots, Bills from the AFC North. Or, Maybe uh, so. But they had the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, I guess the Dolphins are all right. Yeah, I don't know. So the, that, that, That's I don't why know it's hard to me but. is because all these young quarterbacks in the AFC, it's like, yeah, they'll win a Super Bowl. Well, how many Super Bowls are we giving out here? We that's think right. Herbert's going to win multiple. We think Burrow's going to win multiple. Mahomes is going to win multiple. Lamar Jackson, he's still really good. I, I just, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. But to your because, point, I I think getting to a Super Bowl, I, I put more value on it than I think it, it maybe gets. Like I always talk about Jim Kelly going to four straight, unbelievable. So oh, to me, that that carries like a ton of weight. And so, hundred percent, hundred percent, getting to a Super Bowl, um, getting to a Super Bowl, I, I agree, deserves way more credit. 
the, the problem for a guy like Matt Ryan, who took his team to the Super Bowl, you can't lose that game 28 to three. I mean, you can't, you just can't let that happen. So that that's what loses it for him. But I think about Cam Newton and, you know, even hit, it's like, man, great career took his Panthers to the Panthers to a Super Bowl. There's a lot of weight in that, but then he kind of blew it. Cause he didn't dive on the ball, you know, number of issues there but um anyway yeah so good good for burrow to do this in his second season and then we got to talk about the coaches a little bit yep two coaches under the age of 40 is very interesting when we saw last year andy reed bruce arians so it flip-flopped this year two older coaches two younger coaches uh pretty remarkable with that i think i'm what i'm most fascinated by is how the the connections between coaches and how and how guys move together like the 2013, uh, the staff in Washington, Lafleur, yeah. uh, McVeigh, and Shanahan, all there. Yeah, and then, Jay Gruden was the head. Was Jay Gruden the head coach or Shanahan? Who was, uh, who was the head no, coach? no, Shanahan was the OC, and no, then Mike I think Shanahan. McVeigh and Lafleur were like the tight ends coach and the quarterbacks coach, maybe. But then some of them and moved Mike. together to Adla- to Atlanta, and then and then Shanahan kind of became the leader over them. But then with the coaching carousel. Um, the Bills, they send a front office guy and their offense coordinator to the Giants. So the the their the Bills are like, okay, let's recreate what we did here with the Giants. Same thing with the Patriots. I was looking today since 2018, the amount of guys who the Patriots who had who had been with the Patriots for 15 years or more. There's like 10 or 12 guys since 2018 have left the Patriots go to other teams. Now with the Raiders. McDaniel's and then their new GM from New England. So it's I am fascinated with the groups of guys that all move together. So it's just the, all the connections are fascinating. Speaking of that story, that was a big surprise. That Josh McDaniel's all of a sudden now wants to be a head coach again, which I would assume he'd have chances every year other than it was weird in Indy when he backed out. I mean, I think he lost some credibility with that. Yeah. Um but I always assumed that he was just going to take over for Belichick. So what this tells me is that Belichick's not going anywhere. Oh, not going anywhere. No He's going to ride the next 15 years with Mac Jones? Is that what we're going to see? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Can He'll you imagine? 90. I mean, uh, let's, just, let's just think about this. The road for the next head coach for Bill O'Brien is there. He comes oh, back, gosh. maybe becomes the OC. The road is there now for him to be the next <laughs> guy in New England. But... Yeah. Again, okay. Let me ask you this: Who is your? Who, you have a, do you have a favorite hire? And do you look at all the coaching hires and you think that team got the best guy available? Um, not yet, not yet. Because to me, the one that I, to me, there were two slam dunk head coaches, Doug Peterson and Brian Flores, because we've seen them do it. True. All of these other coordinators, I don't know if they can be head coaches. Like, I think what Brian Dayball has done in Buffalo, great. And I think he's he's got good experience, has been around. I think he was up in New England and all that. So, uh, or Alabama. Was he in New England and Alabama? He's been in good good situations. Yeah. So, sure, he should be he should be solid there. But I got to see you do it. Yeah. And, and so, I can't believe that Peterson and Flores are missing out and they're the ones, you know, still on the sideline. And I'm not sure that both of them will get a job. That means one of them will be left out. That would be well, my guess at this point. It's shocking that Flores doesn't have a job. When he got fired from Miami, we're thinking, oh, well, this is good for him. Oh, he's probably glad yeah. he got fired. He Now he can go to a better franchise. 
But you know, I don't know. We don't, we don't know. Understand fully what happened behind the scenes, but it it must be scaring GMs from from taking the step with him. But I, yeah, to me though, the the records show. Hey, this guy can coach um, with what he's done in Miami because I I didn't like those rosters, and he still won games. And then with yeah. Doug Peterson, the guy won a Super Bowl. Yeah. So what what are we saying? I mean, it's almost like Brian Billick we talked about last week. He never got another job which was interesting. interesting. Maybe he didn't want it. I don't know, but Doug Peterson wants to coach and I'm shocked by that, that he hasn't gotten another opportunity. Yeah. Um, and then the fact, I mean, to, to, it, it, we'll see where Jim Harbaugh, he's either going to Miami or Minnesota or possibly returning to Michigan, but all indications are he's looking for the NFL. He's ready to go. And to go to Minnesota, that seems so random to me. <laughs> I, I don't get that one. I guess he's maybe friendly with the GM, but that, yeah, that, that's surprising. I will say, as a Cowboys fan, dab, dabble, dabble, dabble. How do you pronounce that? Brian Dayball. 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 I, as a Cowboys crazy. fan, that that hire scares me because the Giants are not without talent. So yeah, so that's so Henry reminds us, Dayball has spent time with Saban, like years with Saban and Belichick. Like this guy has been. Uh, developed under some great coaches. But look, I was reading comments from opposing defensive players saying Dayball is a fantastic play caller and incredibly creative. And he turned that Bills offense into a top five offense and helped really develop Josh Allen, who we've talked about very raw when he was drafted. Mm. Very raw. He was not the guy. He's not the Josh Allen of today. The Giants have some weapons on offense. It's just been a disaster in the coaching staff in the front office. So we'll see if Dayball can be the first coach in, what, six years to last more than two seasons, which is crazy. Ooh. Is that three straight coaches for the Giants that got fired after two years? But Who was it between Macadone and Joe Judge? I don't know. Henry may, have to, Henry may have to remind us, but I'm pretty sure it's three coaches in a row. Oh, Pat Shermer. Oh, gosh. Yeah, the lost years. Uh, he may have only been there a year. That was bad. But, yeah, I mean, I think it speaks to, yeah, oh, the new coordinator. Oh, we got this guy. I don't know about that. Actually, Shermer may have even been a head coach years ago. That was a long time ago before he got that chance again. Um, but, but no, I mean, I've been fascinated by the hires. Uh, somewhat surprising. I mean, the connections with Green Bay and Hackett uh, in Denver, very yeah. intriguing. All offensive um, guys? Hackett, O.C.? McDaniel's OC, no, Dayball defense. OC, Eberflus, Eberflus. That's right. That's right. Going from the Colts to the uh, Bears, so that's a, yeah. that was a surprising one as well. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by it all. Um, with with okay, which of these coaches will turn things around the quickest? And Zach Taylor in Cincinnati shows this is one of the the talking points. You got to be patient with head coaches because. Yeah. Listen, his first, I think I guess it was two wins, four wins, and now we're seeing what this team is capable of with him as the leader. Yep. Teamed up with Joe Burrow. Well, so you got you got to be patient and you got to have a great quarterback. But let me say this. The fact that the Bengals are in the Super Bowl, I think is evidence that great coaches really do make a difference. Because with that offensive line, giving up nine sacks against the Titans, <sighs> and winning that game, then winning in Arrowhead, the halftime adjustments they made on the defensive side of the ball, 
as a head coach to oversee that, to have good coordinators as well, like there, the the value of a good head coach is is unbelievable. So I don't know if we're going to see prices go up. Have we talked about this before? How like a guy like Jared Goff makes what ten more million dollars than Belichick? In what world is that is that possible? Mm. Well, I, 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 we actually don't know how much Belichick makes. He may okay. have ownership and like true, 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 true. That's a good. Craft may have bought him like three or four mountain houses, beach houses. We don't. <laughs> well, we very don't know. fair. Good point. He's got a yacht. Craft so him a yacht. Yeah. So I, I think. You know, always, always trying to bring it back to uh, my hometown team, but with part of the stars. If I hear one more thing about the Dallas Stars, gotta look at the stars all day. <laughs> hey, Mike Madonna on my back, nineteen ninety nine Stanley Cup baby. Oh, but for the Cowboys go. to have a talented team, and then I, I think it's just this. These playoffs have been an indictment on what a, a lacking coaching staff does. Like it's no, it's no, it's no secret that the Bengals have some holes in their team, but yet they're in the Super Bowl. It's just, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean the uh, yeah momentum. Some of those intangible things that we talk about in sports are really playing out with Cincinnati. Like they've got it, the confidence, the belief, the synergy, even the offense, defense. Like they just buy into each other, and yeah. it's a spe- it really is. It's a special, special team. Now, whereas on the Rams side, it's just talent. I mean, yes. I think they're clicking. It's hard because we've seen other dream teams, quote unquote, that have not worked. So to be able to team that up is impressive. But it's yes. talent. The Rams are talented. Now, let me just play devil's advocate with myself regarding the Bengals. I, have, I just said this could be their only Super Bowl appearance they ever make. If you're looking to buy stock in a team, I, I, want, I want to know what your what your take is. The next five years, what team are you buying stock in? Give the Bengals a look. Your your franchise quarterback on a rookie deal, and your two best receivers on rookie deals, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Yep. I mean, talking about some money freed up to invest to really put a great team together. Like like they they're a few years away from having to pay their best players. Now, when they have to do that, they're gonna have to say goodbye to some people. But right now, these next three to five years. Perhaps the best window the Bengals will have in Joe Burrow's career. I think that, that that's I think that's somewhat. I don't think that's unreasonable to say. Like you have a fran- the same thing with Russell Wilson in Seattle winning a Super Bowl in his rookie deal. Yeah, like when you have a cheap quarterback who's a franchise player. I mean, how sweet is that? So I don't know. Is there a team that you're looking to maybe who you would buy stock in? Well, I think with that thought process. Yeah, I mean that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, I still think the Bills get one. I think I think the Bills figure it out. Um, Gosh, they're, such, they're such a complete team. Oh, they're, they're so they're, good. They're, they're close. So they just got to they got to keep they got to get back there. They got to get back there. But I could, I could see them them winning. And then I'm also real high on the Chargers. Really high on Herbert. And and so I, I I like the aggressiveness of Staley. I think he'll learn from some of his mistakes this year. Maybe a little too aggressive. Um, but I like the Chargers moving forward. So. To your point, the AFC, I mean, gosh, all the quarterbacks, it's going to be tough. But year in, year out, we as fans will be uh, we'll, we'll be the ones rewarded getting to watch these guys compete. It's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Um, but I do think you know, the pressure that will be on the Bengals next year will change things as well. This year, they got to play with house money. Um, even That's in the true. In the, they'll be the underdog yet again. And yep. uh, speaking of underdog, you know, maybe we'll talk about this next week. But 
the team, the most likely super, the most unlikely Super Bowl teams in history, who comes to mind? Hmm. So think about that. Think about that. Maybe we'll we'll get to that next week because the underdog Eagles from your you know a few years ago that was kind of the last real surprising team to do it with Nick yeah. Foles. Are you kidding me? Um, who I love, I love Nick Foles, but that was that was shocking. <laughs> All right, we got a few more things we need to get to. But oh my goodness, we are running late. We have we are a loaded show here today. Let's keep um, it going. Let's keep it going. Uh, Henry, let, let's say hello to you. Sorry, we, we missed you earlier to uh, ask you what you're convinced of. That was my bad. What are you convinced of on this Monday following championship weekend? We were talking about your Giants as well, but you got to be excited about Brian Dayball. At least on paper, it seems seems pretty good. Oh, what's, I see you got your hat backwards in honor of Matthew Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in honor of the first time after 13 years of Matthew Stafford not being able to go to the uh, to the Super Bowl, to the big dance. I'm wearing my my hat backwards in honor of him after 13 years with the dreadful Detroit Lions. But to answer your first question, um, I'm definitely excited about the, uh, the New York Giants for this reason. Um if you if you follow the Giants, you know that the Maras and the Tishes pretty much have their hands all over, uh, have their handprints or fingerprints all over the team. Um, Joe Shane, who is the new Giants GM, is the first uh, GM that's hired, quote unquote, outside of the family since like 1979. Oh, wow. So so the outside of the family, meaning that he wasn't a GM or he wasn't somebody handpicked by the by the owners themselves since George Young was. So if you remember Dave Gettleman, Dave Gettleman was part of the organization, then came back and we see how much of a disaster that was. Came back. Yeah, yeah. So no, no, we uh, went to a Super Bowl with him. That's all right. <laughs> but um Brian but Brian Dayball represents uh a new chapter in Giants in, in Giants history in so much so the fact that um the GM himself is the one that picked him as opposed to um, the owners picking Pat Shermer, the owners picking Ben McAdoo, the owners picking Joe Judge. They took a hands-off approach and they said, you know what, Joe, you you have the reins of the you have the reins of the team. Go get your coach. Oh. And of course, he went out and he got his offensive coordinator. He got Brian Dayball. Now the question is, who is he going to pick as his defensive coordinator? Now all signs come to Patrick Graham, who's already there. You have Wink Martindale, who's out there. So uh, it's definitely an intriguing time for the Giants to be relevant again, hopefully in the right direction. I'm, the hands-off approach is so refreshing. Gosh, that's just not, not the case. A new GM here. making the call is, is interesting, too. But Exactly. Right, well, There's a little hope. I, I, I'll go on the record. I, I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. So. Well, just to, just well, to give you one thing that. about that real quick about Daniel Jones, um, the Giants are actually in a really good good spot because Daniel Jones is still in his rookie year, and they get one shot with them. So it's kind of like a throwaway year in a, in a sense where if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, you don't sign his fifth-year option, and you can go look for another quarterback. So it's not really going to cost them that much to have him on there. And if you take a look at what's in the draft, if you take a look, and we talked about this uh, during the weekend, do you really want to give up a second-round draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo? Do you really want to give up a third-round draft pick for Mitchell Trubisky? So, Oof. yeah, exactly. Actually, gosh, I'd almost, I would, uh, Trubisky and Jones competing would be interesting. 
because both of them are kind of in a similar situation. Kind of try draft busts. They were taken too early, surprisingly. Let it, let them duke it out. I like that idea. Bring in Trubisky. Well, well, think about it. Do you know where Mitchell Trubisky is right now? He's yeah, the backup well. quarterback for Josh Allen. Yeah, I like that. That's, that makes sense that's to me. That's so funny to me. He was be, the guy. Good. Number two overall, he was going to be the guy in Chicago. And now he's backing up Josh Allen. Chicago, uh, remember, traded up to get him. Yeah, yeah that, that was that was insanity. Man. But, I mean, yeah, he just could have gotten him later. And then Mahomes and Watson go after him. I mean, that's, that's a remarkable story. Exactly. Um, all right. Well, Henry, we'll we'll go back to you in a moment. I, I do want to make sure that we we share the uh meta share moment of the week. And we of course have been talking about the you know Rams getting to the Super Bowl and the incredible story of of Matthew Stafford going from the Lions to the Rams. Well, I was reading the uh football morning in America from from Peter King, and he was telling the story. Uh, of how last year, like a year ago, Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford happened to be vacationing at the same place, which just seems ridiculous to me. Of all the places in the world, we got millions of dollars, you end up at the same place. But I guess they were hanging out, and somehow it led to them them pulling off this this trade to get Stafford. But but how about this? This is what Peter King writes: the agreement to send Stafford from Detroit to the Rams for Jared Goff in picks and money. January 30th, 2021, at 6.45 p.m. Pacific time. Confetti landing on Stafford at Randy Newman's I Love LA as it blared at the uh, SoFi Stadium. January 30th, 2022, 6.45 p.m. Pacific time. One year later, he goes from Detroit to celebrating that they are going to the Super Bowl. Wow. I love... I love details and when when times and uh, I just I love that. So the fact that, that he made that correlation um, is pretty cool. And, and I think it's an encouragement to all of us that whatever situation we find ourselves in now, maybe we're playing for the Detroit Lions right now in life seems bleak. <laughs> One year from now, things can change. It can be that quick of a turnaround. Um, doesn't always happen that way, but it's possible. And as we trust God and believe in him, it, it is possible. So uh, that's that's an encouragement to me that wow one year later the exact time the detail of that he's celebrating that he's going to the Super Bowl remarkable so there you go that's your MetaShare moment of the week check out MetaShare.com/slash/unpacking it it's it's affordable and innovative healthcare uh, it's it's been awesome for my family so so check out MetaShare.com/slash/unpacking it so there you go your moment of the week. Man, that, that's Pretty a big cool. moment. Yeah, just again, seeing all that has changed in the one year. Matthew Stafford's career changed that quickly. So, I don't know. It's well, the so reason cool. you mentioned the vacation too. Both of them were on vacation. I don't know if it was that. I don't think it was that day. They're probably a couple of days before that. Whatever, a week before they were on vacation together. However, it led to that pulling off the deal. But that's what happens when your season's over. You go on vacation, and so now this year they're playing, and it's pretty sweet so Mm. have fun uh jimmy g and the 49ers we haven't even talked about them we totally overlooked we haven't even mentioned the 49ers on this show have we about their their we probably should they they deserve a lot of credit it was a pretty good run it's a pretty good run they were down and out they started two and four and then won like nine of their last ten i mean that to beat the rams six times in a row i i I did not realize that i know That's that's what three years three years of divisional games that's 
That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Debo Samuel, unreal. <sighs> Seeing him, unreal. I, he got I think lost and came back. Yeah, well, that was yeah. If I got hit like that, I'd, I'd be my career would be over. Uh, also, actually, if I was called, asked to run a slant across the middle, I'm breaking it off to a fade every time. Yeah, don't ask me to run across the middle. No, uh, thank coach. you. Yeah, I will no, not I'm be not. running slants for your team. No um, but I think I mean sports are just gut wrenching. What 14 teams make the playoffs. 13 go home with with their heart in pieces and to see Debo Samuel crying like five minutes after the game he's still crying and that's just like OBJ I don't know that, that over there it was interesting say it again OBJ was over consoling him yeah him yeah I, overall he that was probably a cool moment um maybe that's the MetaShare moment there you go maybe I just think it's it just hurts as a fan to watch that because you know like yeah we love it as fans but they love it even more than us. Like for, to watch Debo Samuel, is there any player this season that was more valuable to their team? Like he's arguably the most valuable player for a team to play, to be a top 10 receiver, top five receiver and a top 10 running back. Like that, what he was asked to do, that was just remarkable. One of the, one of the better seasons from my football player we've seen he he truly put his heart on the field. So that was seeing yes. him, seeing him actually cry. I was like, wow, he really. Not that other players don't care for their team, but to see the way he gave himself for this team was so cool. Yes, he he deserves a ton of credit. He really emerged as a superstar this year, and and hopefully he picks up right where he left off, and and he could be, yeah, just one of those guys that we really recognize moving forward. The other guy that we need to mention too, Cooper Cup. I mean, some of those plays, he had the big drop. But other than that, gosh, remarkable day. His ability to score in, or not well, score, but also catch the ball in traffic. Mm-hmm. And it appears like, wait, there's no room for him to go anywhere. Yet he finds space. He finds space and, and gets through the defense. Yep. Crazy. He's, his emergence this year, him and Debo. Really? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. like, I mean, Cooper was good. Like, he's been good. There's no question about it. But yeah. he became a superstar this year. Maybe the best receiver between him and Debo, but Debo gets the running, so it kind of adds to his value a little bit. But yeah. Cup is a touchdown machine. Just throw it to him. He gets in the end zone. Yeah. Well, as as great as Debo was, uh, if Cooper Cup doesn't win offensive MVP this year, I, I'm going to start a riot. Like, are you kidding me? If Jonathan Taylor wins offensive MVP, yeah, great season. But the Triple Crown, well, it's done a handful of times in NFL history. Cooper Cup deserves offensive MVP this year. There's just no way you can convince me otherwise of that. Like, like Jonathan yeah, Taylor, yeah, great season, NFL leading rusher this season. But in regards to all time, not even close to the all time rushing record. He just had a, the best running back season. But Cooper Cup, I mean, come on. What a dominant season. Two, over 2,000 receiving yards? Big Crazy. fan. Crazy. So yeah, I'm on the Rams bandwagon with with Cup and Stafford. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. So we'll we'll talk more Super Bowl next week. Uh, looking forward to that. Gosh, we're going long today, but hey, we got a lot to talk about. So let's bring Henry back on. We're gonna do tap drill and we're gonna run through a bunch of fun topics. Uh, so let's hear from Henry. All right, let's go. Where'd Hit go? tap drill number one. Uh, we talked about Nathaniel Hackett going to Denver to be the new head coach. Now, the Denver Broncos are using that to think that they're going to get one Aaron Rodgers. So, boys, are we done with A.A. Rod in Green Bay? 
So I, my gut is he still stays. Like until he's gone, I think he stays. Like I still don't understand. You know, there are a couple this year. There were a couple games away from the Super Bowl last year. They were one game away. I, I feel like there's unfinished business in Green Bay. He needs to finish strong there. I actually think he's more likely. I'll go stay in Green Bay, retire, go to Denver. That would be my my order. Also, how about this? What if Tom Brady goes to Green Bay? Just to say, hey, I can win in Green Bay. <laughs> how about that? Wow. Wow. Is anybody talking about that? Is Jeff talking about that? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine how much torment that would bring to Aaron Rodgers? TV 12 retires, comes out of retirement week 12 of next season and brings the Packers to the Super Bowl. Uh, I actually agree with you. I think retiring is more, he's more likely to do that than leaving Green Bay. I it would take a lot to leave Green Bay. Um, yep. So, and I, yeah. And, and he's got plenty of things to do if he retires. So, yeah. It's not like, oh, what will I do if I retire? No, I mean, he's got plenty of stuff. He's already at celebrity golf tournaments and commercials. He's fine. All so right, then. Uh, I, I'm with you guys. I think he stays in Green Bay because I, it makes the most sense. Um, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. You don't know uh, what's 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 waiting from him over, over there. You don't know what type of receivers he's going to have over there, what type of scheme he's going to go over there, although you do have uh, uh, Nathaniel Hackett there. But that's no guarantee that he's going to have the, the level of success that he has with Green Bay. Well, yeah. Don't go to Denver. Don't compete against Mahomes and Herbert. What are you doing? You stay in Green Bay, you're winning the division again. And not no. Josh Daniels with the Raiders and Derek Carr. Not to, not that'll be interesting. There's how about, a, oh, here right. we go. How about, I, I'm sure people have already mentioned this. I haven't heard it, but Tom Brady could go to uh, Las Vegas to be with McDaniels. I mean, McDaniels, when he was head coach of Denver, he, he traded Cutler. So oh, I, he... Forgot about going that. to like, it's not like he hasn't gone to be a head coach and then and then pretty soon after that get rid of the quarterback there. As you can Derek tell, Derek Carr, it's going to be interesting. Brady. He's in his he's in a contract here for Derek Carr, so I mean that's a whole another topic for another day. But very interesting what will happen with Derek Carr with the Raiders. The second tier quarterbacks will have a fascinating off season. Even yeah. third tier, second third tier kind of guys, the Jimmy G's, those Matt Ryan, you know those guys. Hmm. So all right, Henry. The, the NFL, as the NFL continues, as we say, the drama of the NFL is the biggest reality show, just as we talked about here. All right. Uh, Luke's favorite subject, the Dallas Cowboys. So we just heard that Sean Payton is going to step away, quote unquote, from the uh, New Orleans Saints. He says his heart's not in it. Uh, he's going to look to do other things, possibly doing television. And that sparked a whole controversy that we're, because Sean Payton left or, or stepping away from the Saints, he's going to wind up with the Dallas Cowboys. So, boys, I'll put this to you. Sean Payton, TV star or Dallas star? Ooh. Go ahead, Luke. Uh, I think TV. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think McCarthy's coming back. I think Kellen Moore is going to come back. I think everyone's coming back because Dan Quinn's back. I well, just don't. I don't think. Well, don't make any changes. You might as well just be the same again. Well, do, well, it's do, already do, been confirmed that Dan Quinn is coming back as DC. So yes, I mean, would I love Sean Payton? Well, yeah, absolutely. I just don't think it's going to happen now. No, I don't think, not this year. As a shout out, I don't know if we'll get into this later, but I did watch the home team. So we we could uh Oh, what'd you get, think? 
Well, so that was with Kevin James about Sean Payton. What would yeah. you think? So it's the type of movie that everyone's going to say is terrible. Oh, it's cheesy. Oh, what is it? I thought it was. I, I thought it was pretty good. It's pretty, pretty funny. Good. It actually pretty accurate. I was reading about it, and um, it's also cool that it, it was set in Argyle, Texas, which is pretty near to where uh, I'm living right now. Um, but him coming back that that season, coaching his son. He signed off on the movie. I have a. I don't know if I should have a spoiler or not. But let's not do a spoiler. I'm going to try to watch it. Okay. Well, it's a good movie, and I oh. it's it's pretty accurate to what actually happened. Cheese. Good movie. Kevin James was great. Um, what's his? Uh, Kevin James's brother. I'm forgetting his name, but he plays Danny in King of Queens. Yeah, yeah. He's in it. Something oh, Valentine. Valentine. So in, in real life, it's their brothers. Cousin. Or brother. In the, in the King of Queens, they're cousins. Okay, in real, in real life, life, they're brothers. brothers. Gotcha. He's yep. in the movie too, so they complement oh, nice. each other He's really funny. well. I always like him. Yeah, like yeah. Him. yeah. Good movie though. Good movie, and produced by Adam Sandler. So, hey, Sandman, I like it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll give it a watch for sure. So Gary Valentine is actually the guy that you're talking about. Yeah. So they have different right. last names, but they're brothers. Well, so those are stage names. Yeah. Their last name is actually something kind of difficult to pronounce so kevin james is actually his stage name which i had huh. no idea that's a it's like a simple name for your stage name i know gotta do something better than that all right boys <laughs> one more tap to get you out of here and this goes along the lines of our favorite leader bryce johnson the north carolina the north the north carolina tar heels will not do anything special for coach k when he comes through for the last time is that a is that a boss move or is that a weak move? Uh, I'm fine with it. Adds to no. the oh. and I actually I feel, like, I feel like they're still gonna do something. Like I, I don't know. I feel like the fans will do something. They I, have to. I don't know. They have there, is, to. there is the genuine uh, rivalry hate for sure. Um, and they're thr- I mean, to me, they should be celebrating that Coach K is leaving. Even though I'm I'm, I'm buying into John Shire. But this is a funny – that's a funny decision because Coach K, I mean, he's definitely on the farewell tour. There's no question about that. But, uh, you know, every game, even as a Duke fan, I'm like, all right, we get it. We know he's leaving. Let's just enjoy the season. But, yeah. um, but they're celebrating him, which, I, you know, he's, he's one of the – if not the best college coach. So, uh, yeah. You the the rivalry strong. The rivalry strong. You got to do something. Uh, you got to honor him with all their great games. Them, the camps is being eight miles from each other. Come on. You got to honor him. As a side note, went to the Mavs game Saturday night. Rick Carlisle's return to Dallas. They played a tribute video for him. He was sobbing, and that was an awesome moment. So even though him leaving Dallas was not a great not, not a great uh, situation. But, not a lot of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> okay, so you know when you're, you're looking to shop for a car and whatever car you're looking at, that's the only car you see on the road? The amount of times I have heard pomp and circumstance the past month, <laughs> I have never heard it in my life before Henry said on the show a month ago. I hear it every other day now. Like, what are you kidding? Is this a coincidence? Or am I just aware? It's like, golly, I was looking to buy a, a Hyundai Sonata last year. And that's the only car I noticed. I'm like, oh, there's a Sonata. Oh, there's a Sonata. Now it's, wait, Pomp and Circumstance. Pomp and Circumstance. (laughs) We need a new segment on the show, Pomp and Circumstance. We got to figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys, that's Tap Drill for you. God bless you all. Thanks for watching us. And once again, if you like anything that we had, hit us up on Facebook, 
YouTube, LinkedIn, anywhere we are on social media. Hit us up. All right. Good stuff, Henry. Hey, one thing I did want to ask you guys, though. So at the beginning of the Rams 49ers game, they brought out Michael Buffer to say, let's get ready to rumble. And they kicked off right with it. It was, uh, what's his name? Gold. What's his name? Yeah, Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. Uh, Gold. Robbie Gold. Um, so he kicks off right as he's saying it. But here, here's the question for, for everyone, listeners and everyone. This is still a thing. Let's get ready to rumble. I mean, this has been a 20, 30 year saying and gig for him. And I, I would love to know how much does he get paid to say that at the beginning of a, of a sporting event? I mean, I know he's like boxing guy, like he does this for boxing, but I can't believe he's milked this all well, these years. I'm, I'm all for milking it until it's dry and then milk some more because it is fantastic. I remember, I love it. Ele- oh my gosh, it's iconic. Elementary school dodgeball. Ooh, let's get ready to rumble. Dun, 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 dun. We're all running out to get the dodgeball. dodgeball? I'm going headshots <laughs> left and right. That song is the ultimate pump up song. Oh, so, hey, we want to play it. Count me in. I'm all for it. I almost feel like last night they just kicked off. They're like, all right, enough of this. Let's go. Let's get this game started. Like enough of the shenanigans. Let's, let's <laughs> move on. It's not I personally, I, I kind of like his brother better when he does the UFC. Oh, he really? Goes, I don't. It's time, and oh, then kick it wow. off. Really? Huh. Yeah. I don't know about that. It's Michael, time. It's time. That's it. That's his thing. That's Michael Buffer's thing, especially when we get to like the really big UFC events, like what the UFC people. Okay, gotcha. No, that's cool. Uh, but the idea of the word rumble is just funny, too. It's the only well, time. The only you, time I hear rumble now is, well, you're actually a proponent of a an adjacent term of rumble, and it's rumblings. The rumblings. Have you oh, been hearing the rumblings? the rumblings? I like the so rumblings. That's, uh, that's the only time now I hear a, a version of a rumble is, is actually you. That's fair. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, there we go. It's time for us to rumble. So uh, good show. Thanks, guys, for uh, all your hard work. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, remember, again, the, the theme today was do you believe it? Do we believe that the Bengals are in the, the Super Bowl? It's the truth. It's the reality. And the, the truth for us today is that God loves us. He forgives us. He works things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so let's cling to that. Let's believe it and, and allow that truth to change us from the inside out. That God loves us and he made a way for us to, to know him. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, a great week. We will talk to you next Monday to talk more Super Bowl. Also, we got the Super Saturday breakfast coming up February 12th. If you live in Charlotte, check out unpackingit.com slash Super Saturday to hear about that. But thanks to MetaShare. This has been Unpacking It presented by MetaShare. And we'll talk to you next time. For Luke and Henry, I'm Bryce. We're done. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. 
To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.